What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thanks for checking it out. You can find fresh episodes of the podcast every Friday. And uh, you can just hit subscribe on iTunes, and then you'll know when the newest episode has arrived. It'll it'll send you an alert. It'll say, hey, the new Dan Cable Presents podcast with his mom is up, you know, or, uh, or whomever's on the show. So uh, please hit subscribe, and then give the podcast five stars. Click write a review. Say a few nice words, and that really helps propel the podcast into the iTunes charts and then makes it more nationally visible and helps the artists get more exposure that come on. Um, you can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features in-studio performances as well as live shows and uh, a short film that I made about a band called Tribe Mars that I love very much here from Portland, Oregon. And, um, yeah, that's, that's where all the goods are at. DanCablePresents.com is the official website for the show where you can find all of that stuff as well as my, uh, my links for my Instagram, which is at DanCablePresents, and my Twitter, at DanCable. And, you know, you can find the Facebook page as well if you want to give that a like and keep up with things going on there. Um, I try to stay pretty active on the Instagram as far as shouting out local uh, Portland shows and whatnot or shows that I am throwing myself. No Dan Cable presents uh, shows on on the on the docket right now, but as soon as I get back from this tour with the uh, the, the fellas from Brother Not Brother, I will uh, I will be putting some things together for the summer. Uh, as far as calendar dates here in Portland, um, one that in regards to the episode that is about to go down here with uh, the dudes from the City Hall, they're playing in Portland on May 18th, this Friday, and they're playing at No Fun. So you should check that out if you dig these tunes. Uh, these guys are great. They just put out a new record. I'm extremely pumped on their new record. I think it's amazing. And um, I honestly, I just feel so fortunate to have some sort of personal relationships with so many of these people that are putting out these records that kind of blow my mind. And, and I, I really get to know my favorite bands in the, in the Northwest. In this case, these, these guys are based out of uh, the Seattle area. And um, yeah, I'm just incredibly stoked for them and their new record. And I, I just love their, their songwriting so much. So um I'll put the links in the notes for the so you can follow the city hall. You should check out this record, especially if you if you dig these three songs that we're gonna feature on this episode. Please check out the other ones. It's a very cool. It's a 14 track album that um, is filled with these just great like two and a half three minute songs. And by the time it's over, you're ready to listen to it again, which is great. And um, also on May 18th, I just want to give uh, another shout out to my friends in Camp Crush. Uh, it's their EP release show, 
and uh, they raised um, a successful Kickstarter to put this thing out. So big ups to them. They are uh, they are doing their thing with the Cabin Project and AM Clouds. So that is going to be very cool. And that's at the Alberta Street Pub, one of my favorite venues in town. So um, Camp Crush, big big congrats to you guys for your EP release. Hope people go check that out. The Cabin Project are uh, great as well. Not familiar with AM Clouds yet. I guess I got some homework to do on that end. Um, and then how about May 21st? That is the first official Hive Mind Monday going, also going down at the Alberta Street Pub. Um, the Hive Mind Collective is a bunch of live band, hip hop. Some, some of my favorite musicians in the city make up this collective and they've got a killer lineup for their for their kickoff of Hive Mind Mondays, which is going to be going down one Monday a month. Uh, you can follow the new Hive Mind Instagram, and um, yeah, I'm super stoked for that. So so check that out. You, you will be able to find me there most of the time, except with the case of the 21st, because I'll still be out on the road with the uh, with the brother not brother fellows and. Um, yeah, that's about it. I think that's what we got. Uh, please leave the leave the iTunes reviews. Um, click subscribe across the board and and help this thing rise in the charts. I appreciate all the people listening. The last week's episode with my mom got a uh, very killer response, and I appreciate those who listened and and shared their feedback with me. It seemed to uh, strike a chord with people, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. That was. I said it on on the intro of that episode. That was one of the best conversations I've ever had with my mom. So to to have it on record is is amazing. So so go back, check that one out. Uh, this episode was a, a phone a phoner. I've never done a phone call with two people, so we gave it a shot. I think it uh, came out all right. I think it's 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 definitely listenable. You know, there's there's some moments where it's. It can be spotty. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just letting you know ahead of time. But I, I think that you can still enjoy this conversation that I had with Casey and Luke from the City Hall. And um, that's the jam. That is the Jelly Jam. We're going to get into this thing. This is uh, the Triple One episode. This is episode 111. All the episode links are in the notes for the episode. Episode 111. 111 is a weird number to say. Episode 111. Episode 111 with the City Hall. Uh, we're kicking it off with a song off of their new record, which is called Real Nice and Hurtful. You can find it everywhere. This is Dirt. I robbed them all, used a gun for the save. Grab some legal ass tender, I'm entirely saved. When I was a boy, I the same you gave me forgiveness for corpses I slain so bury me come for me God you know what I've done lying for comfort or filling my lungs you bury me come for me God I know what you meant you keep my possessions or seven my sins 
It's the Dan Cable Show. <laughs> I've been calling. I've called so many times. Just really hoping to be that 15th caller. <laughs> it's so sick. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to say. Is this the uh, the coolest dudes, Luke and uh, Casey from the City Hall? That's right. Woo! The coolest dudes in the flesh. Right on. Can you guys hear me all right? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Uh, actually, Luke, maybe we should go inside. Like we're outside we're outside and there's a radiator that's trying to steal the show okay well it sounds fine you're all right right now okay so whatever whatever works best for y'all you know all right we're gonna go inside so we can hear you better okay yeah. i can also get you know up up close and personal with this phone there we go all right we're back inside city hall most indecisive man 2018 <laughs> We're going back outside. Yeah. Back outside. Back outside <laughs> works. <laughs> How you guys doing, okay. man? Good, good. We're good. Um, nice. It's nice up here. I'm sure it's nice down there. Yeah, we're finally uh, finally heading into this, this northwest summer that uh, people speak so highly of. Oh, they're perfect. The Sounders played in Portland yesterday, and it looked too hot. It looked so hot. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's creeping up into the 90s. It's getting there. Stupid hot. But Stupid I'm, hot. I'm sure it's going to be raining by like tomorrow again. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. I feel like we get bad reputations in the Northwest for complaining about every type of weather. <laughs> yeah. And I do fall victim to that sometimes. It does seem to be this thing where everybody is like bitching about the rain. And then as soon as the sun comes consistently, they're like, it's <laughs> too hot. Right. I'm a I, I'm a rain complainer, but I try to hold my tongue about the sun. That's just me personally, you know? Everyone has their different vibe. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> um man, it's it's been uh it's been a couple years since since I met you guys down in Portland. True. When you were on tour with uh a Hayden there from the yeah. co founder. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's been a uh, a hot minute since i've uh spoken to you guys about anything in regards to the to the city hall yeah we miss you it's been a steamy sultry minute yeah, yeah absolutely I, i'm uh i'm super pumped that 
that you guys just put out this real nice and hurtful record. I've been uh, I've been geeking out on it super hard. Cool. Yeah, we're excited. It feels good. Finally released the beast. Yeah, it was probably about I guess like three years ago that I found out about your band, and that was at that uh, show that like that first show that Rob had put together at uh, the big building. Yeah. Oh, uh, at the moon. Was like that? It was that was Fat Gang. Um, like it, it was. Yeah, like, yeah. It was like yeah. versing, and the uh, that was the night that Dentaro knew Su- yeah. uh, Suga oh, played there? their like first show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a crazy show. That, that was, was cool. a good. Yeah, it was packed out too. I remember we. That was one of those shows. Doing the DIY game long enough, you get. You get que- you get funny feelings sometimes when you roll up to a place in the middle of nowhere. You're like, this is either gonna be sick or sad, and that one was so sick. Yeah, and it's just kind of this crazy abandoned looking building, and you're just like, what the fuck is going to happen here tonight? Yeah, right. It's super hard to find it. I almost recently I was driving around that neighborhood, and there's like you know how there's freeways that go over that place. Uh, yeah. So GPS gets super confused, and I straight up almost got run over by like three trains. <laughs> so scary! I was in like the slowest paced action movie ever, like creeping into the intersection and being like, "No!" <laughs> um, but yeah, dude. Like ever ever since uh, ever since that show, I was pretty consistently kind of listening to to home cuts here and there because i really dug your guys's band and i think that show jake uh might have played drums for you guys is that a possibility i think that was i think that might have been in the all too short lived um era of four piece city hall okay I think maybe noah was drumming and jake was on like since yeah okay that makes sense that sounds about right it was a really cool time that kind of set into motion a lot of what became real nice and hurtful actually which is cool yeah with all the electronics yeah samples and some of the stuff jake did from that time like straight up that was on his beat pad just got dropped onto the album like just verbatim that's super rad Yeah. yeah um well, because it's been like such a hot minute since you guys have been on the show i think that was around episode eight and we're we're well into the hundreds now. Oh, wow! Congrats. congrats! Yeah. Um. Thank you. But I just feel like there's probably a a lot different people listening now. And just to like remind me, how did you guys initially get the city hall going? Um. The city. So up in Bellingham. Let's go back in time to Bellingham, Washington, circa 2012. Um, Casey and I were working at the tech crew, Western Washington's tech crew, which was like a sound engineering kind of thing. We ran shows, you know, we, we ran sound for shows like local shows or acts that would come through. Um, and we both said so our cat here is kind of oh, cool. losing, losing this shit. People understand, <laughs> you know, there's been a lot, there's been some animals that have made appearances on the program and, um, uh, <laughs> I, I think people appreciate it overall, so, you know. Well, she's here. Moose the cat is here. Alive <laughs> Moose the cat. That's killer. Yeah. 
She's good. She's good. So, where were we? Uh, yeah, I had you guys were out. you guys were working together up in Bellingham, like doing running oh, sound and stuff. Met, the band started. Yeah, we were working yeah. uh, together as sound engineers at Western. Um, you know, struck a fancy for each other, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're really good. Like meet cute. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the story is that we always like we the first day we ran into each other, we we're like, "You play in a band, yeah. You play in a band, yeah." And we're like, "Cool." And I think Luke was the first to listen, and he was like, "Yo, your band's really sick." And I was like, "Oh, thanks, man." And then I listened, and I was like, "Hey, your band's really sick." And then like months later, we both confessed to each other that we assumed each other's bands were gonna be bad because we're both haters. <laughs> so it was funny to look at the first conversation. Yeah. with that in mind <laughs> and then yeah. did you guys just start jamming oh, it, together like pretty quickly after that no actually that's a good that's a good we uh no we were just i mean both of us were pretty busy with our own projects that were had that were both super fun and had a bunch of momentum and then just coincidentally they died out at like within a few months together so it sort of then it was like became a natural fit for sure um in the the bands previous to city hall were you guys both um like main songwriters in those projects yeah. yes yeah luke uh, it, even more so than me i wrote like 60 percent of the songs but i wrote like in terms of chords but i did write all like the melodies and lyrics and stuff so yeah we both and that was sort of a main talking point when we first started jamming. Was like, how do we do this? Um, and I, I was I, pretty quickly. I think we realized it would be a really cool idea to just have us both do it because it would just add an element of uniqueness. Yeah, we're also really slow songwriters. So. Yeah, that really helps <laughs> to have two people write because we both write a song like a year. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that output yeah but it was scary at first because our bands i mean i think to us they were kind of similar like to me and luke i think we could recognize similar tendencies but aesthetically in terms of songwriting but aesthetically they were pretty different bands and so that took a long time to navigate so well you guys have, I, feel, I, feel, yeah. I feel like you guys have done it pretty well i, th I think one of my biggest compliments of like what the city hall is and and like especially on this new record since you did make th make like a full 14 track full length mm -hmm. i feel like the great thing about it is is the cohesiveness and i think that that's that's difficult to achieve sometimes especially on a record with with two lead singers and it just never feels like i'm listening to a different band or even a, sometimes i like don't even notice the like the change and i'm just like oh i didn't realize luca was singing this song or like vice versa that's cool yeah that was something we were we were pretty worried about that um when we started making the record that it was going to be not cohesive you know kind of herky-jerky between casey's songs and my songs or, or just one song to another regardless of whose song it was um but i think it just happened naturally that it it kind of started sounding Cohesive. It's sounding like one song would kind of flow into the next. You know, Casey did a good job of sequencing the album. 
um, Mike Davis, um, our engineer, I think did a good job of using consistent sounds and yeah, I think there were a few things that we didn't necessarily plan, but that really helped with that. I think it definitely Mike was a consistent force throughout mm-hmm. and just sort of sort of started with the idea that he would just be a, sort of an engineer, but definitely naturally sunk into sort of a really nice like co-producer role. Yeah. With us, and that was super sick. And he's he's unique. He's got his. his yeah, own. he has his own thing. So it's almost like a third band member who's on every song, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then I think the fact Another thing, I don't even know if we talked about this, Luke, but I think the fact that we give each other a lot of freedom to write parts in each other's songs uh, yeah. makes them sort of a Venn diagram situation. So, like, yes, I wrote this song, but, like, you know, I gave Luke the chords, but, you know, he'll have a ton of freedom for everything from tone, guitar tone, to, to the, the way he wants to play it and and then vice versa with bass and everything. So I think we end up yeah. bleeding into each other's songs. Us. Even yeah. like almost every harmony is even written by the other person. Totally. So I think that helps a lot, which has been, it's just been cool to discover that. Like there's so many things with the album that you don't know until you do it. Right. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. I, I think also that the, I mean, the fact that you guys give each other like that freedom within each other's songs is just like another testament to how much you guys respect each other's songwriting, I'm sure. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. We're giving each other a handshake right now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Along the lines of, uh, Casey, you were, you were mentioning like sometimes, like most of the time, even the harmonies being sung, if they're, they're usually written by the person singing them. Yeah. Has there ever come a point with a song where one of you has written a song and decided that maybe the other was more suited for, for the lead vocal on anything? That that happened early on. We used to do that yeah. more. I think we were kind of into like, hey, we have two singers, let's feature it. And so we were really thinking about it a lot. And so on Home Cuts you can notice there's actually a lot more vocal switching that happens within songs. Like pretty even split. Yeah. Um, and then on the, it's funny on the sort of the earlier s- songs from this album, songs that were written a long time ago, like days part two, I guess days version two <laughs> and, and post that's when we're still switching West set a little bit, a little bit on West set. And I think it, it's we've never written a song been like you sing lead the whole time but we have written songs in the past and like it'd be really cool to change the flavor you know right at this moment but uh i think part of us moving away from that was a natural thing because luke moved to portland for a pretty long time in in the middle sort of in between home cuts and this and so it was like okay well we can't be together as much and so we just started doing our own like yeah doing more just solo and harmony. And then we also realize that we can utilize our two voices in harmony. And that's almost cooler, in my opinion, than switching off is like the two together. Yeah. So like we didn't have to give up utilizing both of our voices just because one person was singing lead the whole time, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think it, at one point, uh, in the making of this album, we're like, yeah, I don't, there's never been a time when a harmony hasn't sounded good. So like, <laughs> yeah. We really like 
went leaned into the harmonies on this album, which uh, I think turned out well. Yeah, it sounds great. The whole the whole record sounds amazing. I'm super super impressed with it. I'm I am uh, yeah. The patience seemed to uh, to pay off. Like, and whether that was intentional to take the amount of time that you guys took to make the record, like either way, it's it seems like it seems like it it was it was like for a reason. It like all came together so yeah. nicely. It definitely worked out. I think yeah, I was fifty fifty. One was like, we're pretty stubborn, so we weren't gonna put out an album we didn't like. And then two was just studio time constraints. So it was, uh, yeah. It's it's funny how, like, sort of like with like when we were in different cities and stuff, like circumstance can can define a record. And and as long as you don't fight it too much, it it always ends up really cool. Like mm-hmm. gives the album a really cool characteristic so i think the time is another factor in that or element in that yeah yeah absolutely i I think it's also you know having somebody in in a different city and just i don't know when you when you listen to music in general it always seems like the the environment has an influence on the songwriter and and where that stuff took place yeah that's interesting just kind of adding another perspective Totally. That's a good point. And uh, not to jump ahead too much, but for this, we've started to write for the next record and we're, we've kind of kept that in mind of like trying to go somewhere, you know, a cabin or, or somewhere purdy to uh, kind of write or record um, or demo. So yeah, yeah, I think geography and has a, has a place in making good albums for sure. Absolutely. Um, Casey, you play keys and guitar, yeah? Barely keys. Barely? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think it probably says that on the credits. I'm trying to think of where that happened. Adeline, Trailblazer. Trailblazer was probably my biggest, like, piano (laughs) contribution. That's your opus. That's That's my magnum opus. (laughs) Well, like, aside from contributions on on the record, like, do you play well enough where it's a writing tool for you? So that's... I played just well enough to where it's a writing tool, but definitely not a performing tool. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, oh, and actually, I don't know if you said I play guitar, but I definitely, it's sort of the same with that. I'm pretty poor technically at guitar, but I can use both those instruments to write. For sure. And, uh, do you, yeah. Do you, uh, do you prefer one or the other or do you like find more well, comfort? Lately. Um, yeah, I think, again, like circumstances played so much into this. So when I first started writing music in high school, it was piano, um, just because I had like taken lessons when I was really little. And then I quit for a long time, and then I, but I knew enough music theory to, to figure out chords and stuff. And then I went to college and had to start writing on guitar. And what's been really interesting is piano, like the, the theory is mapped out in front of you. It's like a map. Like, you can count steps and half steps and stuff. But guitar isn't really like that. And so with guitar, I got reduced into sort of using more major, just like straight up major and minor chords and less like sevenths or like interesting chords, um, which wasn't a bad or a good thing. But I, I'm kind of trying to split the difference of learning, learning more complicated chords on guitar and then also 
probably getting a piano for the next record so I can dive a little more deep into doing sort of interesting nuanced things. So I guess I would have to say piano, but it's been so long since I used it that I'm kind of nervous about going back to it. <laughs> right on. Um, yeah. I feel like I feel like putting together a 14 track album in this day and age is uh, not an easy thing to do, but you guys did such a killer job. So congrats yeah, on all that. Thanks. Yeah, it was tough. We learned a lot. I think I think one thing I really dig about it is is just some of the goofy voicemails that you guys left uh, on the record and and how you pieced it into the record and and just I don't know it just gives it this this other narrative even even though some of them are goofy and some of them seem to be like these little heartfelt moments. Yeah, credit to Luke on that. We, that was the last thing we really did on the album. I was so burned out. I was like, bro, I'm not going back in the studio. Uh, but in my opinion, it was really, I'm really glad we did it. And one of our concerns is like, um, that even though it ended up being fairly cohesive, hopefully in terms of like the music that mm -hmm. because the songs have been written in such, you know, like physically in different places time period. and time periods and all this stuff and two different people that there wasn't a super strong like narrative arc not that there has to be but that like and so we really wanted to give the album like some glue and just in a general sense you know a lot of our stuff is about intimate interpersonal relationships be it family or otherwise and so just the voicemails i it was sort of the way for us to add glue between a lot of different potential storylines in the songs and stuff yeah yeah and just a little relief yeah, you know, true. So I kind of scene change for a second. Yeah, I th I think you guys tied it together like super super nicely, and I think I also dig some of like the candid moments on the record, like on that song post. On mm -hmm. uh, it's I think it's around the second verse. There's a there's a laugh that happens during that woke up line. Yeah, that was that was real. Um, yeah. That was a real laugh. It was uh, trying. Let's try to set the scene of, of why I was laughing. So we were in the studio forever. Um, we'd been in for. So we've been in. It was like the twelfth hour or something in the studio. So go, going kind of cuckoo, and uh, I was in the the live room. Yeah. Um, and then Casey and Mike, the engineer, were in the mixing room. You know, and I could see them through a pane of glass, and uh, I don't know how it came to be, but they decided that they would turn off the lights. Grab some flashlights and it was all and, pre and pretend to be ghosts. <laughs> uh, but it was amazing because the way that the glass was so thick and it was so dark in there that they would put the flashlights on their face and they would look like floating heads, and they were they were dancing around and they would just look like floating. Like <laughs> wow, Luke you. was he? I mean, trying really hard to get I was, these verses yeah, I was down. Trying to get those verses down, and, and like I just I was just dying. But uh. Coming back through the takes, like that was the most interesting, and I thought it fit with the song, so we kept it. Yeah, I think that's just like a special moment there. Totally. Yeah. And, and it captures such a fucking cool energy. And totally. I just, I just love the, I just really, I, I dig the mentality of of putting something like that on a record, you know, and not just going for the one hundred percent best, oh. like cleanest, oh. you know. Absolutely. You got to keep people on your toes. Got to make it interesting. 
And honestly, I kind of hit those notes. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I just hit for you bad, so it made it easier. To, to <laughs> Through the laughing, I still kind of landed a couple. Yeah, it sounds killer, and it's it just I don't know. I just think it shows a lot of character about about the band, even in that small moment. Well, and also that's another shout out to Mike, who did a really sick job on the record. Is like, I think good producers or engineers or whatever you want to call them. Uh, they have to know what they're doing musically, but they also have to be really good people managers and like feel out when the room is getting tired or like maybe tense or exhausted. And in that way, it was a really cool moment just because it was just like, no one was mad. Like we were all having a good time, but you just get tired in the studio and, and just being able to break it up like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's super useful. So credit to him for like, that was all him. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times he wouldn't tell us he was recording and we'd just get some really good takes because we didn't have that pressure right. of feeling like we were being recorded. Right. I feel like that's just like one of those old engineer totally. tricks. You know, they're just like, all right, why don't you yeah. guys just go ahead and run like a rough version and yeah. you know, I'll just I'll just keep setting this stuff up. I'm, I'm not not recording. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike played many tricks on us. He did, yeah. Yeah, there's some Easter eggs in there. Some Easter eggs he didn't tell us to wear on like final mix. Like I added this, and we're like, I'm mad, but it sounds so good. So, <laughs> That's yeah, killer. Cool. cool. <laughs> well, uh, we're gonna take a little musical break here. We're gonna get into a track off of Real Nice and Hurtful, and we're gonna play the song West Set, which is this is one of the singles that you guys put out a little while ago, right? Mm-hmm. This is a killer jam. Really, really dig like where this thing starts and and where it ends up um so this is the city hall everybody this is west set
think um, the dynamic is that makes things work so well between the two of you? Great question. Um, I don't, yeah, the dynamic that works well between us. Um, there's definitely some different musical backgrounds, um, you know, with, with a center for sure, but, you know, I have more of like a post-punk kind of high gain, mm-hmm. maximum rock and roll kind of background and uh casey you know is more pop skipping through the two lips skipping through the lips uh whistling um obviously there's some bands and artists that we we both really really like yeah musically i think there's like literally from day one we just and this is what i meant when it was sort of like aesthetically our bands weren't that different but i feel like if you were stripping it away the songwriting did have a lot of similarities which is like we're both huge just like we like pop music we want things that grab your attention uh we don't jam like neither of us jam like we're not good at it respect to people who are good at it but like we're just very songwriting focused um get to the point there's a lot of songs under three minutes on this album because it's like oh we don't have anything more to add to it and i think that's just something that we both, and just in terms of similarities, I, I think we, we're really similar on those those things. But I also think personality-wise, we're pretty, like, um, I don't know. I think, yeah, we both just have a lot of faith in each other. And I think we're both really driven 
but but also like sort of passive i guess not in a bad way i don't think but i don't know how to explain that i think we both enjoy sharing that would be a good way to put it yeah um is it is there still times when you guys are bringing songs to each other at this point since you've been playing together so long now that where you're where you're like nervous about presenting a song is there still any like nervousness in the vulnerability of it i'm always nervous about that but like luke's never like i think he's liked every song i've ever shown him and definitely vice versa but so yeah i don't i don't think there's nervousness that comes from showing luke there's there's nervousness that comes from, from from showing your bandmate who you respect but it doesn't come from like who they are as a person or like being worried that they'll like come down on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you just want them to like it because you think they have good taste. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's like a, it's a validation thing. You're like, Oh, well if he likes it, then maybe it is a good song. Right. Yeah. Also going back to what we said about how long it takes us to write songs. Like we don't, we don't, we don't cut songs. We don't cut songs and we, we (laughs) make sure that the songs are good. Right. Before we they see the light of day, you know, we don't we're not the kind of artists that just record a song every day and then kind of weed through it. Um, Which there's a cool. lot of really That's good cool. artists who can do that. It's That's really great. funny. Yeah. But I, I guess it just if, if we did write a song every day, we'd probably be like, eh, maybe not that one. Yeah, right. 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 <laughs> yeah. But the fact that it's so long. I, I feel That's like a really it, good point. Yeah. You just yeah. Like we, we see it through. Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to what Casey was saying of just like having that faith, kind of, kind of just believing yeah, in sure. your ideas too, and and believing that that you can flesh it out into something that that could be really great. Totally. And yeah, I definitely love the way like that you guys do blend some of like the poppier sounds with like the post rock stuff, and yeah, there's just so many good hooks in in your guys's songs and it's definitely like a, a lot of cool ear candy but there's so much character to it as well it doesn't it doesn't feel like you just put something in a machine and and drew up these algorithms to make it sound like a like a great pop song or anything right yeah yeah i think that's definitely uh, that's a good quote I, that's better you just described what we try to do probably better than than, than we ever describe it so yeah i think going for this sort of the immediacy, like the songwriting should be immediate, but what's wrapped around the songwriting, the like aesthetically, like the production and stuff, I think that's where we like to not necessarily challenge our listeners, but do something against the norm or just weird or raw or unfinished in a way. Like, yeah. And then that way, keep it interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just give it, give it those, those flares and, just some some extra little character to let them know that you know you're not writing just little cute songs right right <laughs> um where'd you guys record the record at it was recorded at um hall of justice it's in ballard neighborhood in seattle um it used to be reciprocal recording which uh, is where they recorded bleach by nirvana yeah not a great Nirvana album, but you know, still not their best work. Not their best. I get down, I get down on some of those jams. <laughs> oh, about a girl. Great yeah, band. man. <laughs> recess. Um, oh no, recess. <laughs> yeah, super good. It's heavy. All right, it's a good album. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so it was there. So it's a tiny studio. Um, Chris Walla owns it now. Um, Although I, he might be in the process of unowning it. Yeah. I don't know. Don't listen to the city hall for breaking news about studio ownership. Yeah. Um, well, while you were re- recording, Chris Chris Walla. Owned while we, it. Yeah, that's that, that's the important part. Right. Uh, while we were recording, Chris Walla owned it. Yeah. We never saw him though. He's just a ghost. But he did have all his. He had some really interesting, weird gear there that we had access to. Like, yeah. Like tape stuff, analog stuff. A lot of stuff was done on tape on the record, which we, we yeah. wouldn't have been able to do had we not been in that cool studio and had we not had Mike, who is the lead engineer at the studio. So he was just like, he knows the equipment like the back of his hand, which was right. super good. So all the drums were done to tape. And yeah, it was a really, it was a great place to record for sure. Nice, dude. Um, and you got you got a bunch of bunch of the homies that are on the record. My my cuz my cuz Rob played drums. The core of the album. Um, and then you got you got Jake who you were talking about earlier, who's like most of that stuff was just programmed from his computer from the from the early cuts. Yeah. Yep. Um, he also did some ukulele stuff. Yeah. But all the huge stuff he does is like put through a lot of effects that you wouldn't know. Yeah. But it's very cool. Yeah, he did harmonies too. Yeah, harmonies. Uh, yeah, him, Jake, Tuan. Do you know Tuan? Absolutely. Antoine's the homie. He's been on the he's been on the show before. Any keys that sound like complicated, Pretty. you can assume are Tuan. And any keys that are like that sort of has like um any keys that sound like nursery rhymes, simple were me so it's one um yeah and then jace from vacation year was responsible for a lot of those beats jace is killer too i had him and nico on the on the podcast last time they were came through portland that's cool yeah Uh, but yeah and yeah tuan tuan just uh shreds on them keys tell uh, you what shreds man it was so yeah i just sent him a handful of songs that i thought it would fit and I was just like, it'll work. And that's kind of what we did with most of the most of the people we worked with. It was like, do everything and anything. And then there was a lot of just whittling down and deleting on our end um, just to make it all fit. But we really wanted, sort of in the City Hall spirit, like how, it, you know, if it's my song, I still want Luke to do what he does on it. It was just like, we wanted to let everybody's best create um, creative tendencies show and then it was up to us to like arrange it, edit it, piece it together in a way that makes sense. But I'm pretty happy with that aspect of the record for yeah. sure. Yeah, I feel like that was the uh, the vibe that was uh, set out for me when when Rob was kind of telling me about his experience recording with you guys and and getting the chance to to play on that record and whatnot. He just said it was it was good times. Yeah, I think we worked with him for like a month. Maybe two before that, um, which I think kind of added to the the vibe of the record, the vibe of the drums. Um, just kind of has like a a loose, I don't know, jazzy, poppy, yeah, kind of feel to it. You know, which is right up Rob's alley. So it worked out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, some some of my favorite jams. Uh, I thought I thought the uh, is it Palouse? Is that how you say? That? Yeah. Palouse five five oh nine. I thought that came out great, and that was uh, that was the song I saw you guys play real early on, like on that co-founder tour. I feel like you were just kind of working that song out when I first met you guys. 
Yeah. Yeah, that one got, I mean, before we went in the studio, that song was still just Luke on guitar and me singing. And we were like, we're going to have it stripped down. And Mike was like, that's cool, but it's too stripped down. And and it's really funny because we added so much in the studio, but now I listen back. I'm really glad you like it because I still get a lot of anxiety about how raw that is, that track is on the album, like relatively speaking. I think it's pretty vulnerable and, and, and stripped down and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. that was a, a fun one to work out. I thought it was, I, yeah, just with the, the full production, it sounds it sounds pretty killer. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I like how it's... um. You kind of start in one place and then like all of a sudden you're in a completely different environment in the song. You know, you got all these crazy overdubs and you, you kind of wonder how you got there, which I think is, is cool. Yeah. Um, and as far as Days, um, which we mentioned earlier, was also on Home Cuts and yep. and was my favorite jam up until you guys put this new record out. Um <laughs> Probably also because I, I just have a soft spot for it because I remember you guys playing it that night, that first night I saw you at the moon. And totally. um, yeah, talk to me about the decision to put that on on this record. Well, at the moon was, was that like that was four piece era City Hall. And so Jake had added. So Jake, who had originally drummed on Home Cuts Days um, at that time, was doing like weird overdub programming shit for our live show and so he had brought in for that track like for the live show um before we had started recording real nice and hurtful he had started playing live with us and he had these like crazy organs that he'd added like digital organs they happened in sort of the bridge that you'll think about how you know da, 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 da. and they're just like these crazy it almost sounds like xx or something like justice or justice or something like that these crazy distorted organs and stuff and it was just something where it was like it, it was really a jake thing he had added so much to that song in the live set that we really felt like it needed to get that that needed to be down on tape because it was just too cool yeah. to ignore so then we added a few more things as well but yeah that's i think that's how that came about I was quite pumped to uh, find that it was at the end of the record. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's sort of a nice little nod being at the end of the record, I I think, to people who, who know the first version. It's like a little present or something. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> is that also a song that you guys still really enjoy playing live? Or? Yeah, that's what we open with. It's kind of our go-to opener. Yeah. Nice. But it's nice to be, I think there was a time where that was like, you know, when we were really, really early on and you're not super sure of yourself, there's a few songs you can like sit back and be like, this one's going to go well. Hopefully you're pretty confident. And now it doesn't serve that role for us anymore because we're pretty confident in all the songs. So it's cool to sort of see that one go. Like you said, it was your favorite. And now, you know, there's lots of good ones. And I kind of feel that way too, just about about our set. Like it's just another song in the mix, which yeah. which I'm very proud of now. Yeah, but also like seems to hold hold its weight and hold its space oh, because sure. you still want it to be in the set, and you feel like it de- like it deserves to to hang with these newer songs. For sure, it can hang. Yeah, it can hang. I mean, there's still we were at the playing the release show, and Nico was calling out. For real nice and hurtful, Nico kept calling out misinformation, and it's funny. Sometimes I go back and listen to home cuts, and I'm like, we had no idea what we were doing that back then. But some of that 
stuff turned out pretty cool. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know that a rambling thought, but yeah, it's it's weird what songs get to stick around and what don't, but I, I definitely still listen to home cuts and feel like those songs can hang in their own way. They just didn't necessarily evolve to the current sound, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, f- I fuck with that that home cuts EP still. I'm down for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, us too. <laughs> um cool. Well, I I appreciate you guys. I'm I'm super stoked um that that you've got this thing out into the universe. I think I think people should check it out like super hard. I've I've <laughs> had the I've had the privilege of of having it. I feel like for maybe almost 2 months now. I don't know quite how long ago it was that Luke sent it to me, but I was yeah. I've been geeking on it pretty hard since then and i've i've probably listened to it five or six times since it came out on friday oh we appreciate that absolutely um i'm bummed that i'm not gonna be here on on the may 18th when you guys are here in portland at no fun but um i hope you guys have safe travels out there on the road yeah we're excited um I'm going to play out the episode with Rules of Accomplishment, which is uh, yeah. probably my favorite track on the record. Cool. That, uh, yeah. that line to your mother is the saddest shit you did line. <laughs> that, one, uh, that one crushes me every time, man. I'm, that's the one I'm looking forward to, though, when I'm, when <laughs> I'm listening to that song. Yeah. Speaking of respecting each other's songwriting, Luke always comes out with lines. Like I don't even necessarily have to know what the song is about, but there's always one line in every Luke song where you're like, wow, oh, that crushed my soul. Thank you. In a, in a good way. Cathartic way. i got to start tweeting them or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should make just like a book of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. No, that's very well said. I, f- I feel the same way. Like There's just these these lines I'm looking forward to in each song. It's like, when is right. he going to say Drop that part? <laughs> right. Um, we end every episode of the podcast with uh, the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is "It's a program." So if you guys could give Wait, us a good, it? it's, it's it's a, a program, pro- not a program program. Yeah. Is that true? Luke knows what's up. I know <laughs> Wait, is that a true fact? Is it supposed to be pronounced program? You got it, just like my grandfather when he says program when he's watching the news program. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love this. Okay. I think should you guys should like, do it together for sure. Should we do like it's and then pause program? Sure. All right. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. It's, it's a, a program. program. That's it. They nailed it. The city one hall. Take. <laughs> one take. That's all they I'll need. The album. You can put that one on tape. We don't have to digitize <laughs> that one. It's just a, a one a one taker. And, one take. Uh, hey, I'm. I, I much appreciate you guys. I think you guys are super good dudes. Um, I have not had the opportunity to spend as much time with Casey as I have with Luke, but um, I I yeah, always yeah. enjoy seeing you guys, and uh, I'm stoked for people to to hear your new record. Cool. I guys, dude, appreciate appreciate you and the and the podcast. Yeah. Long live damn cable podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys. Um, I will I will put all the all the links in the episode notes so people can find your band and whatnot and cool. uh i know the new records on like itunes and spotify and all that jazz yes. and as Everywhere. well as the band camp so yep. uh get at it people check it out Ooh. um 
We're going to play it out with the uh, rules of accomplishment, and we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. It's a program.